Hello and welcome to Dealing, Melbourne Demons Fan Podcast. Neats, it's taken us several, several days to get the energy to record this podcast after that depressing but very predictable loss. Uh, how are you feeling about it all right now? Do you know what? Um, you started singing a song around the house, which summed up exactly how I feel. <laughs> You're not going to make me sing a song I am. on the I podcast. Am. I actually We have too am. much respect for our listeners. I don't know we don't if have we enough do. Listeners I think to, we're trying to, to risk this, suffer. This will definitely drum up our listenership. There's nothing um, that people are more drawn to than public humiliation. So why don't you take it away, Kieran? Oh, Jesus. Okay, well, we are struggling for content. All right. Um, to the tune of The Fray, this famous song. Uh, Frost and insecure. We found May. We found May, another slow defender. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Hogan kicked three goals. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care, Goodwin's been resigned, but at least we found May. Aww. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. It was terrible, but you know, that will make people feel slightly better about the loss, I think. Oh. <laughs> it's just, it's actually hard to both support the club and record the podcast every week this year because every game pretty much has just been the same. Yeah, dominate inside 50s, dominate contested possessions, and then just lose. Just hack it forward. Hack it forward. Tom McDonald does nothing. The defense battles but can't really get the job done. Yeah. Dawn plays really well. Every game is the same. Yeah, it's true. I think also, as um, I have to say, I feel like, look, in terms of the positives out of the game, May and Lee are playing together. That will... You know, that was obviously a good sign of things to come in some ways. So The positive is that they played. Well, yeah. I mean, look... It'll take some time to gel, but I have to say, May, I thought May played all right, actually, all things considered. Yeah, May um, was good. I actually think he was pretty good. Yeah. Um, was he worth the trade with Jesse Hogan? I mean, that remains to be seen, but mm. I thought he was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I think that... And Le- Lever got better as the game went on. I think so as well. And he took a mark, um, which was just, you know, a really good intercept mark, which I thought was awesome. And so, you know, you, you see glimpses of that and you see, okay, when he actually strings together a preseason and he's got more confidence in his body, yeah. you understand why they paid so much for him, right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I look, I think that, I think that um, there was a lot of frustrating things about the performance, but at the very least, the back line, which we've invested an absurd amount into, I can at least see it sort of in the future, maybe, you know, assembling a pretty decent back line. Which well, is... apparently we're deep into Alex Keith from Adelaide. Oh my gosh. Which, is, Why? which can't be true. Surely Why? we're not trying to get another intercept defender. And then now May is going to go forward. Is our entire strategy just to try and turn defenders into like into forwards as opposed to trying to actually recruit forwards? Yeah, I, I think it's stupid. And honestly, I'm not really into the May forward thing, even though we have floated it before. Can I tell you why? I feel like he's recruited for a specific reason. I agree. He's got a position that he's able to play. Get him to play that position. And he plays it well, you know, and I just, I don't understand. I agree. It's just absurd because that would essentially mean that we are literally swapping May for Hogan as a forward. Which is absurd. There's no way we would have done that in a million years. No, it's stupid. It's because they've got no other options now and they don't know what to do with Tom McDonald. I'd rather we just settle the defense as is, you know. I agree. Give May and Lever time to embed themselves. I agree. Work out the best balance because, you know... Uh, it's going to be tricky because we do have a lot of defenders now. Um, does Frost stay in the team? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Maybe it depends on matchups. 
Then you've got Hoare, who's another intercept defender. You yeah. know, we've got a lot of similar players in there. Yeah, you do. But I do think at some point you've got to settle them in the back of the ground, I think. And, like, yeah. let them, you know, look, we'll figure out the forward line separately. But I just think that you have to at least go, look, you guys recruited for this purpose, play for this purpose, and, you know. Yeah. And the rest of it will have to sort of suck to see how it takes care of us, how it takes care of itself. But I just, I don't think we should be continuing to move everyone around the ground. Right. It just causes confusion and it just does not help cohesion. I agree. Although in some spots we have to do something because you look at some of the stats from the weekend's game. So we had five out of the top six possession winners. Right. Which is remarkable. Yeah. One the inside 50s, one clearance by 17. Yeah. Contested possession by 30. Yeah. Those are absurd stats. It's we should ridiculous. win by 50 points with those I know, stats. but the problem is, is I don't, you know, this is just the truth of the matter. We have no outside game. We have none. We have no outside game. We have no finishing game and our forward line is a mess. So yeah. it doesn't really matter how many inside Tom McDonald has really hit a new He's really low, hit a new I'd low. Say. He really has. He looks disinterested. I mean, I think they need to drop him this week. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, obviously they can't drop him for the bye, but like they should drop him next week at least. I, I don't think he should play. Right. Um, I'm well, not sure. Well, I don't sure. know if Casey's playing this weekend. I think they've got a buy as well. Do they have a buy? Yeah. That's, that's a shame. Which isn't helpful. It would have been good to get him a game in the. In yeah, case. but he's just, he's playing so poorly. There is, he's adding absolutely nothing. He, you know, he's completely lost at sea. I just, I don't see how he continues to stay in the forward line. Right. When he missed that shot 20 meters out, uh, oh, maybe 30 meters out, that could have brought us back in touch bizarrely. Despite weirdly. being totally out of the game. Exactly. It was such a telling moment because. Last year, he was such an impeccable kick for goal, and he's even lost his confidence in that. Yeah, he's actually he's completely he's completely bereft of confidence. Yeah. Um. So I don't know what they'll end up doing with Tom McDonald. I don't know what they'll end up doing at the end of the year, but it's going to be a very very interesting second half of the season because if he produces what he has in the earlier half of the season, he right now might be like sort of right up there with the worst player in the competition who is currently playing. Well, games he, each week. He's played every week, and he's still not in our top five goal scorers. Which is absurd. Even though we've had the ball inside 50 an enormous amount of time. Um, yeah, it's hard to think of a less informed forward in the competition. No, I can't think of one. You'd struggle. Yeah, and so, I mean, I guess that's the thing. If he continues along this patch, on this patch of form, then what do you do? Yeah, yeah, I don't really know. I really don't know. Um, but do they what- trade Tom McDonald at the end of the year? I mean, we just signed up on this four-year deal, and maybe this year is a bit of an aberration. And I think we have to keep that as a possibility for a lot of our players, you know. They did look pretty good last year. Maybe they've just had a bad year, you know, confidence is down, poor preseason for some of them. Maybe we should just call it a mulligan and assume it's going to be better next year. Mm, I don't know. Then otherwise you're wasting two years. That's the yeah. problem. The problem as well is we don't really have as much time as people think we do. So Gorn is in the form of his life. Yeah. And that's one of the main things to remember, right? Like we are wasting a team with Gorn in absolutely peak condition. Right. And, you know, we can't really afford to waste that. People like Neville Jetta are getting on a little bit. Hibbert's getting on a little bit. Melksham's getting on a little bit. Like, they're all in their back half of their careers now, I would say. Right. They're all in their late 20s, aren't they? Right. So, and you know when you get to 30, you're not really sure how many more seasons people are going to play after 30. So, Totally. Although we do have a fairly young core of, of key midfielders, right? Right. And we should probably talk about them because mm. one suggestion on the, um, on the Age Footy podcast was that do we ch- trade one of our young uh, midfield bulls for some players who can give us some outside run and, and, and polish. And I kind of don't think that's a bad idea. The question is which one? Mm. So, you know, we've got we've got we've got Viney, we've got Jones, we've got Oliver, we've got Brayshaw, we've got Harms in the middle. And they are all very, very similar players. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's Which tricky Which one though. do you sacrifice? Who do you, who do you dump? Because, I mean, they all have shown a lot at different, pa- at different phases. I mean, my view is that I think Oliver is the most non-negotiable out of all of them. You Absolutely. just don't, you do not trade Oliver under any no. circumstances. So Oliver, I think, has to stay. Yeah. Um, Jones, I think, is naturally. Jones will naturally, I think, finish up this year. I agree. Yeah. I mean, even though he says otherwise, but I, I think that's. I think he has to. Yeah, I think that's most likely. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Viney, Brasher, and Harms. And I have to say, I mean, I think most Melbourne supporters would think that. Brayshaw was a lock as well. I mean, mm. obviously he's had a bad couple of weeks, but just, you know, his form at the back half of last year was unbelievable. And, you know... It's interesting. There was a little comment on the same podcast where they were talking about how the club was um, a bit disappointed in his, his performance this year, which I'm sure is true of a lot of players, but, you know, there was a little note about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see how they could single out Gus, to mm. be honest. I mean, I think that there have been m- many worse players than Gus this year. Yeah, yeah. But he um, definitely hasn't taken... The next step. Well, at the start well, of the year, he, he started very well. Good last year. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, but at the start of the year, he started really well. Mm. Him and Oliver were carrying the team, but then after that, they just completely dropped off. So I don't yeah. know. Um, but then you ask, would we trade Viney? And mm. I don't actually, you know, I've always loved Viney, but I do think that he has his limitations as a player, probably. And if we could get something for him, I mean, I mean, I guess the question is, the only reason he would be off the trade table is because he is the captain. But just because you're the captain doesn't mean that you're sort of um, immune or impervious to uh, criticism or to, to or, you know, to potentially be on the trade table if it makes sense, I think. Yeah. But Melbourne's too hard. soft for that. It's hard. I don't know. I mean... I feel like Clarko would do it. Yeah. The thing is, Viney is a limited player. Um, clearly, he's always been a limited player with his kicking and stuff. But he hasn't had the explosiveness either from the contest. Yeah. And I do wonder how much of a factor injury is in his career. He's had so many problems. And I think the calculation will be, if he is not able to fully get to the, the fitness he wants to, then we should consider it. But my concern is, I mean, I think the problem with him is he's being asked to do a bit more than he's capable of doing. Like, he should be a gritty inside midfielder that farms it out to someone with the skill to use it. But right? we have too many other players who are exactly the same. I mean, that's the thing. And he's not as good as those players anymore. I think him and Oliver together, when they're both firing, that's a pretty uh, impregnable inside midfield unit. Um, And then Harms and Brayshaw should be playing more outside. Like, like I know you've said that Brayshaw's better when he's on the ball, but I kind of understand what the coaching team is planning to do with him. I mean, he needs to be a winger. Like, he needs to have that point of difference. Yeah. If he's just another contested animal like Oliver, he's not adding that much to us. Well, but then, so you would, you would trade Brayshaw at the end of the year? No, I wouldn't trade him, but he needs to do a better job of what he's doing, I feel. Yeah. But he's not giving us that much on the outside. But I don't think that any of them are capable of giving us that much on the outside. Right. That, that's the problem. I mean, Harms is a decent finisher, but Harms, you know... He's... No. Harms is a solid B-plus player. I agree with but that. But he's not a star No. Yet. Maybe and he'll I, get there, but he's not there yet. I agree. I, I really think that Viney is the one that if you sacrifice anyone, it's sacrifice Viney. Yeah. What will but we get from that? It's hard to say. The problem is this year he hasn't been great. So yeah. it's hard to imagine getting a lot for him when this year he hasn't been great. But that said... He'll probably be able to get a pick 20, top 20 pick out of him. Or maybe, maybe another younger player of some sort from another club. Yeah. But I'm not or... sure of it. Giving away a heart and soul player like that, though, it just feels wrong. I mean, but that's on because... A, on grand final day, I want Viney in the team. I really do. Uh, I don't know. I think he just turned it over to the opposition, to be honest, <laughs> like he did on Queen's birthday. But, you know, I think... Um, he was just so good for us in patches He was. Last year, he was. You know, like... Even the Hawthorne game, he was great. Yeah. I agree. But I just... I think that the limitations are coming to the Fuhrer now. And I think you've got to act a little bit quicker. Because, you know, we need to preempt these problems, to be honest, before... 
um, in a couple of years, we realize that Viney is quite a limited player. He's completely, you know, he's got a lot of injuries and we're not going to get anything for him. Yeah, yeah. He currently has that trade value. Right. Is there anyone else that has trade value outside of trading one of our midfielders? I mean, I don't think there is. That's the problem. Who no. else has Who else has uh, trade value? I mean, there's always Petrarca. Right. He definitely has trade value. I don't want to get rid of him. I think he's been playing better in the last. I few agree weeks. with that. Actually, yeah. I thought on the I thought on Monday he was actually all right. Yeah, it's um, certainly the case, and and I've heard others made this point. He's not anywhere near the level of Dugowie, despite being the same draft year. And I don't think he will get to a that bit level. Disappointing. Yeah. You know, I think that that's just not. Yeah. Uh, he's not the player we thought he would be. That's the reality. Right, and it's it's a harsh reality to face up to for both Melbourne supporters, and maybe even for him. But I just think that's reality. He's just not a good runner. He's not a good enough runner. Right, right. Um, but I don't know. I still think he's offering us us enough right now. I and agree given with our that. Empty forward line. Oh, I, I I agree with you in terms of we should not trade people who are skillful yep. in it in times of complete lack of skill. Like, but then my question is, Nitz. So say we get pick four this year yeah right? which is very possible yeah do we try and get that pacey outside midfielder or do we go for a tall forward and wait four years i mean it's really unclear i think i i actually don't know and it'll be really interesting to see what they're gonna what they do about it because it sounds like they are very much recruiting for the now mm. which is why they want alex keith and then they want stephen may to push up forward like that for me just sounds insane yeah. um but that's again that's just that that's short-termism for melbourne's part they they don't they're not sitting there thinking about but don't we need to be short-term based on your own Point, which is the window is yeah closing no way. I agree yeah. with that I agree with that I, I mean I think there's short term and there's short term though right like I mean May is like May up forward for me sounds like a very short term proposition mm. right not even like a two or three year proposition but like a you know let's see how he goes one season give him a go right. if it doesn't work out we might have to push him back to the back line you know that's that sounds like that level of short termism yeah I mean that'd be ridiculous if we actually got Keith we would then have Keith May Lever Hoare Tom McDonald, who are all intercept defenders, really. Yeah, basically. And then Frost and Oscar as, you know, just straight VFL up lockdown. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's absurd. It's absurd. So that's we need to fix... for a problem. So we surely we won't fix. do that. No. Well, I mean, who knows with this football club? I mean, I really have no faith in Goodwin or Josh Varney anymore, but that's all right. Yeah. I, um... <laughs> um, our forward line, though, is a real problem. Is it a time to put... A line through Jeff Gull. Oh, I would have put a line through Garlett a few weeks ago, to be honest. I, I, you know, I've loved Garlett when he came over from Carlton. He was playing really, really well, but he's not the player where he once was. Um, not even close, I think. You know, the player who was kicking 40 goals, who was applying great pressure, like he's not that player anymore. Um, he just has no confidence. He tried to pass off the ball within the, you know, from like 30 metres out. It's absurd. Yeah. Why yeah. would he try and do that? He used to be a pretty decent shot yeah. uh, for goal. Uh, at least a couple of years ago, he became a really good set shot. But he's, he's just lost that. He doesn't have the explosive pace anymore. He yeah. makes some bad decisions. It's a shame. And I do wonder, where are our new sort of great, formidable Indigenous players? Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like we just don't have any. And it's a, real, it's a real shame because, you know, we need skill and we need pace, right? And, and we're just completely lacking those things. And, and, and Garlet seems to be... The only person who we think has some of that skill and pace in the forward line, he's not delivering it anymore. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Although the forward line competition is poor. It is. Yeah, exactly. Ad nauseum. Um, Spargo, Spargo. Spargo kicked a goal 
Um, oh, I don't but, think I've seen him kick many shots more than 40 metres out. So that was something. No, but the Spargo uh, kicked... Like, there was a beautiful set of play, piece of play. Mm. And then he literally just turned the ball over and kicked it directly into the Collingwood player instead of taking the shot for goal. It was just absurd. Yeah, he's also low on confidence as well. Mm. Oh, he's a mess. Yeah. I don't know if we... do we What do we do about Spargo this year? I mean, I think he's a young player. And he, had, he had a good first year and a bad second year. He's allowed another year to try and, you know... Get his equilibrium back. Yeah. I mean, he's not the only one in the forward line. No, that's true. Um, but the thing about him is, and I've said this before, I think, I don't know what his real X factor is. You know, he's not super quick. He's a good pressure player. Um, he's kind of clever around goals, but he's not amazing at any of yeah, those things. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, just on a side note, Nates, what did you think about the um, the moment in the Adelaide game where Eddie Betts kicked that goal and then Sydney Loved Stack it. gave him a high five? Loved yeah. it. Wasn't that amazing? It was so nice. Was why, why are we diverting to that now? Just in terms of how small forwards are meant to be. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, there's a real difference between Eddie Betts and... Charlie Spargo but yeah. um, no I loved it absolutely loved it I thought it was beautiful yeah yeah you need more stuff like that and all these idiotic commentators who say oh it's inappropriate to it's not really applaud idi- the it's other player idiotic commentator it's like Gary Lyon and Gary Lyon alone was he the only one yes yeah. and then all of a sudden that's become this like faux debate on social media like it's stupid there was no debate yeah there was like a chorus of like resounding agreement right right no, that was just a beautiful moment um, final question for you Nitz. Um we ask this often Sometimes with a level of hope in my voice. <laughs> is Goodwin at any risk? If we win the wooden spoon, and I mean yeah. this sincerely, given that Carlton are playing a lot better, and mm. they very close, they very nearly came to beating the Bulldogs, and the Suns could have very nearly beaten the Saints. Yeah. And if those two results had gone um, another way, we would be at the bottom of the ladder. Is that right? So yeah, this is a real, this is a real kind of, you know, yeah. this isn't a fake kind of. Um, sort of hypothetical, we could very well win the wooden spoon. I mean, I'm yeah. not saying we will, but we could. And yeah. if we did, like, we went from being preliminary finalists to winning the wooden spoon. Yeah. I, I don't think we're going to win the wooden spoon. I think. Okay, go- if we come I, second last. I don't think we'll come, even come second last, but it would be significant if we did. Uh, but then again, you have the counterpoint, and um, one of our listeners, uh, Alex Liddington-Cox, posed this question to us, which is, could we have a bit of a, a Geelong-style resurgence or even a Richmond-style resurgence from a few years ago where uh, the team does well, makes the finals, and then has a really bad year, you know, gets a couple of good players in the draft and then wins the premiership the next year? Uh, no, and I'll tell you why. Because our recruitment strategy, as another one of our faithful listeners, Tom Minifee, pointed out, our recruitment strategy <coughs> appears to be extraordinarily one-dimensional. We will, I have absolutely no doubt, that we will continue to, to draft competitive inside midfielders with no outside game and also dower defenders. So I feel like as long as we persist with that recruitment strategy, we will not be finding, we will not be sort of fixing the holes in our list. So what Richmond did really well is I think that they did have a very good sort of understanding of where they were at and they knew that they needed pressure and they knew that that was how they were going to improve, right? And they went out and got those players who could fill that role and they found a couple more role player-ish type players like Prestia and Caddy who turned out to be better than people probably thought, um, to fill those other gaps in the midfield. I think the problem with Melbourne is that, as you know, I, you know, and Kyle Dunkley might turn out to be a great pick for us, but we just seem to be, we don't seem to be picking any players who have some outside speed. I haven't heard of us any, targeting any players hmm. with outside speed in class. And, you know, apparently we're targeting Alex Keith. Now, obviously you can't believe everything you read in the news. Maybe there are um, some secret, you know, trade deals happening behind closed doors. But Melbourne over the past few years haven't really shown themselves to be a team that are, you know, genuinely trying to go out and recruit 
quick, skillful players. That's true. I can't remember the last quick, skillful player we we needed we brought to the club. Even right. like the Harley Balics of the world, you know. Obviously, like all of our players are exactly the same. It's a bit of a ruse legacy. It really fair. is. It yeah. is, and I understand the need to you know want to win the contested ball, but this year is just shown we have no outside game. Yeah. Yeah. But if we do manage to find one of these players somewhere who decides to come to us, I do think we could have a surprisingly good year next year. Because our defence, once you get uh, Jetta back, um, once you get Hibbard going, and with Lever and May hopefully settled in, and Hoare, that's a pretty good defence. Yeah, I actually think the defence would be all right. I agree. I agree that the defence could actually be awesome, but the forward line, I still have no. Forward line is such a worry. Because we we would need to basically, in my view, go out, and it's not just one player, Kieran. That's Mm. the problem. I think. You know, I think a few Melbourne supporters, and I include myself in this, thought that we were maybe one player, one quickie outside mid away from being a really good team last year, but it's not. Yeah. We, we have a very one-paced midfield. We need a couple of players. We need a couple of small forwards. We need a couple of good outside winger types because right now, um, you know, what we've got going is just not cutting the mustard. And then obviously we need a big forward. Yeah. So there's more gaps than we think forward of centre. That's true. That's true. And, I mean, the truth about last year is while it looked impressive and we made a prelim final... We didn't beat a team in the top eight until I think round 22 or something. Wait, until the West Coast, yeah. Until the West Coast game. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you can look at the season in different ways. You can say we essentially had three or four good games very late in the season. I mean, I think that's a hard, like, little harsh because we were smacking teams around, right? And that's what good teams do. They really, right. really put the, um, put the pressure on. But I do think that, um, yeah, I do think that last year might have been a little bit misleading. I also kind of think that sometimes teams just get on a run, right? It's right. there, the confidence is up, the tails are up, everything looks like it's working, and you know people just start to feel better about themselves, and then that just you know precipitates more goals and precipitates more efficiency. Yeah, you know. So one thing that is interesting is maybe they will say to themselves, "This isn't so much of a um, personnel issue as it is a lack of confidence." Yeah. And so therefore, once the team starts playing well, people will start you know performing a bit better by virtue of just being in a positive environment and being in an environment where people think they can score. Right. Whereas now you can see it on their faces. None of these players think that they can score. You know, they look up into the forward line, they see nothing, they see no movement, they don't know what to do, they hack it forward, turnover. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Neats, in terms of hacking hacking it forward and turning it over, one of my favourite players, Rowan Bale. The Rowan Bale Award for most underrated performance from last week. Um, Well, I mean, much has been said about Gorn. I actually think May should win it. I mean, I thought that May actually had... May's performance probably was quite rated, but I actually thought he did pretty well. I Mm. really do. And, like, he had a couple of... Not great moments, but you know that's because ultimately he's not quick enough for the Collingwood forward line. Yeah. This is my question. He did well on Mason Cox. Though. Yeah, he did do well on Mason Cox. But here's my question: where Where is our Jaden Stevenson? Yeah. Where is our Jaden Stevenson? Why well, have we well, not we have drafted Jaden Hunt? Yeah. Well, it's probably the closest thing to Jaden Stevenson we have. I mean, I guess in some ways, but we need like a just where are our quick creative forwards? Yeah. It's just in killing fairness, me. There's not many Jaden Stevensons in the league. Yeah, but they've got Dugowie. They've got Stevenson. Right? right. Exactly. But you know, that's the thing. Sometimes it, we're just we're so quick to throw away draft picks. A part of me feels like we really need to attack the draft this year. Right, right, right. Get a quick, skillful player. Yeah, yeah. exactly. With a bit of X factor. We're very conservative. Extremely conservative. We're exactly the type of, like, I sort of understand. I mean, look, you know that I probably have more time for Kane Corns than most, but when he talked about how Sam Walsh was a safe number one draft pick, like, I mean, obviously Sam Walsh looks like a superstar. I'm not suggesting that Kane Corns is right in saying that they should, Carlton shouldn't have picked him. But what I would say is that I understand his logic insofar as clubs are very quick to go with the. Well, clubs are very 
um, quick to err on the side of the you know the player who seems to do everything right generally, yeah. as opposed to maybe the, the player who might be a bit rough around the edges but has something really really special about them and can really right. be a match winner like right. Connor Rosie. Right, right, right. Particularly struggling clubs. Exactly. Feel, feel the urge to go safe. Exactly. And I will say the one time in recent years I think we've been a bit risky was with Clayton Oliver, and that yeah. worked out really well. Exactly. Right. Exactly, because we could have picked Parish, you know, yeah. and Parish does look like a decent player, obviously a good player actually, but. You know, Oliver was the real wild card, and that worked out really, really well for us. But yeah, I think that we're not. Um, we, we often draft the, the sort of safest, like the general all round, all round good guy, all round you know good at everything kind of player. Right. When maybe it's just best to go. All right, this guy might be a bit rough around the edges, but he can do X exceptionally well. Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, See, so doesn't matter. Yeah. But let's not think about that anymore. Who wins your Roman Baylor one? Uh, I thought Clary actually played a really excellent game. And Clary winning the Rowan Bale Award. Well, the thing about him is he do, he people get very pissed off at him because of his kick to handball ratio, and particularly in recent weeks, it's dramatically escalated his number of handballs. But I kind of think he's just trying to play the role that he's best suited to, which yeah, is some of these are hospital handball. No, huh? no, I disagree. I think his white handballs are pretty good, but he just he needs other people to to do it because the problem is early in the season he was trying to do everything. And the truth is he can't. You know, there's only so much you can do. So I think he he doesn't get enough credit for what he's doing I mean Gorn is getting it he's winning the ball the problem is the next person in the chain just can't do anything with it yeah that's the issue they're really they're re- we really there's literally we win the ball and then no one knows what to do with it yeah. it looks like everybody is panicking and looking around trying to figure out if Salem is around or someone else who's a decent user is around right right uh, what to do what to do well thank god for the buy is all I can say we can't lose to that we, we can't lose to the buy um, and thank you all for joining Deluded again this week um, hopefully too, not too many of you will abandon the podcast after my song at the start. I think more people will subscribe, actually. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Give us some feedback about the song if you'd like. Um, and thank you for all the comments on our page. Uh, we're planning to answer more reader questions as we go. Yeah, so please, um, please send through your questions. We'd love to hear them. Mm. And we'll join you uh, next week after the bye. Um, please follow us on Instagram at Deluded Podcast. Uh, and until then, go Dees. Go Dees.